Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. It's going to be really awkward for the people listening because we just, they, you know, there's not, there's nothing like Nicholas starting off the show with a good Viagra joke at your mm. expense. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, I'll try not to swear in the opening. DSG and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents you the greatest, and I mean the greatest, podcasting team in the world. He's the Fry Guy, Nick Fryer. I'm the friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. And together, we are the TLDR Comic Book Club baby didn't say podcast this week nicholas how about look that at look at you look at you uh, at least uh, one of us is firing on all cylinders yeah well, that's, that's smashed an energy drink too oh well that'll do it. we're you're definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum i'm trying to wind down from the day with a nice uh hot uh mug, giant ass mug of tea um but uh, go, go back to foggy london town <laughs> christ tea <laughs> <laughs> sorry not sorry um but uh i do want to remind everybody before we get going as always make sure you subscribe to one of our audio channels if you have not already that's the only place you're going to find our friar side chat uh which we speaking of london we do have some friends across the pond that we hear from time to time it has has been a little bit since we talked to any of them um but oh, you, you sound like you're from london <laughs> you never know when one of those are going to pop up joe and i frankly quite don't always know when those are going to pop up too so much shit changes all the freaking time um but make sure you subscribe there whether it's apple spotify geeks worldwide radio soundcloud amazon uh all those different places and if you're listening on apple please leave a five star rating and review anywhere else leave the highest rating review that you can if you leave anything less uh you'll learn the real meaning of backrack and trust me you don't want to know what that is i found out right before the show and it's very unsettling um but uh but uh, we got a lot to get to, to, to today, Joe. Um, we got uh, possibly our last mainline episode of the year. Possibly not, because we do have some specials that we do at the end of the year for the holiday season, uh, going into the new year, all that kind of stuff. We may be able to sneak in one more, but not sure. But either way, we're, we're right up against our, our one more trade. Um, let's get into catching up right away. Uh, what do you got for me? Well, real quick, I think... I think if everything pans out, we will get to a trade because we're we're at issue 89 uh, today, Nicholas, and it might be just the second trade we've done all year. Really? If we get to it. I, I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. That's okay. I'll, 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 I'll take that honestly at this point. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and double check, but it, is, it has been a GD hot minute. I mean, now we have over the past couple, you know, over the past month, really racked up a couple of, of, of mainline episodes here. And you'll notice for those watching, you see the graphics behind Nicholas and I, he's, there's his book and there's my book. And it says the issue number. Well, when I was doing the Photoshop today uh, and Nicholas moon making this, I realized that I don't think that <laughs> I always update everything else, but where it says issue 89, uh, it had said issue 82, which would mean that I haven't updated the issue number in some time. Oh, that's good. That's good that we both caught oh. it. Yeah, I know. Right? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, I did catch up on a couple of books uh, this week. Big, ga- finally read Big Game issue four. Okay, I mean this. this book oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely freaking crackers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just anyone and everyone is just you know biting the GD bullet, and uh, it's really something else. Someone, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's someone the, like alone, like the one person that didn't die. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they're still still going because. Uh, 
uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to handle that. I don't think, <laughs> but uh, absolutely crazy. Killmore issue two. This book is this book's crackers, man. Like as wild as Big Game uh, Four is, uh, this book is just as wild, but on a completely different, just more menacing serial killer, you know, aspect. This is again, if you're into that kind of stuff, this, this is the Berenstein Bears ish one, right? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. That is, um, uh, what lies beneath the trees or something like that. Oh, I can't okay. Really, but, so I, but, they're both IDW, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then, uh, House of Slaughter issue 19. Like, nice. okay, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that you have a very hot and cold, uh, relationship with that one. That's I do because, because, because it had been on, it had been on a pretty good heater, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I need, I need this arc to wrap. Okay. Um, yes. As for me, caught up on the Scorched issue 23 last week, Nightwing 107. Uh, finally caught up on Animal Castle volume two, issues two and three. We're still waiting on the rest of the second right. arc. I'm not sure what, what's going on over there with the Blaze, but either way, um, awesome stuff over there. And then Transformers issue two actually led into me watching Beast Wars finally this weekend, which uh, really, yeah, I loved Beast Wars as a kid. That, that was my Transformers as a kid, so that was kind of cool. But I'll tell you what, man, through these first two issues of Transformers, holy shit. Like, yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson is is uh, not fucking around. No, and and what's what's been great about the, the especially this particular issue was um was a lot of heart in it, right? Like you think of Transformers, you think mm -hmm. of the '80s cartoon, you think of the action movies, and you just think it's robots and smash them, in. and you got plenty of that in this issue. But like, there's uh there's a there's a an emotional element to this series I wasn't expecting that I enjoy very much. Yeah, I am really liking it a lot. Now, before we get to what's new this week, we have been getting some early looks on some stuff recently. I do have one that I yeah. want to weigh in on. And a real fucking bone to pick with you, by the way. Oh, go ahead. Because, because you're the one that gets all the all the goddamn review stuff and you post it. So you're fucking bogarting some of these books, not telling me and calling dibs. Hmm. Right? I, didn't call, even... I didn't call dibs. I did not call dibs it's, on, it, on the notes. It is red and it is underlined. That I, I assume that to be dibs. We received this separately before email. You had as much access to yeah. this from Jump Street as I did. I yeah, so, you 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 know how I operate. You got to tell yes. me these things. Yes, I know. Yeah. Apparently, I'm your fucking secretary. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, but anyways, anyways, one. I'm not. You know, I'm not, I'm not working the phone without getting fucking. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> you'll work the fucking phone, and you'll fucking like it. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, so yeah, so we have gotten some early looks at, at a few different things. Uh, we talked about some of them from image, uh, during our solicit. We'll get to those later because those books are out this week. But right now I want to talk about charred remains issue one from mad cave studios ahead of their, the FOC for this title on uh, November 20th. So that is coming right up on us. Um, but uh, this is written by Anthony Cleveland and drawn by Andrea Muti, who you've heard me talk about before. I believe he's done stuff with Lemire. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah. I think when I think of Moody and I see his his artwork, I think of Bunny Mask and yeah. this the fucking eerie fucking, God that character just every time I think about her shivered down my friggin' spine and that's at play again here where you have this creepy looking character and this is like where Andrea Muti is is perfect um, but we we meet this character 
really early in the, in the first few pages of Charred Remains, where he like appears in this fire that's like life changing for one of the main characters when they're younger, and it seems that character may be resurfacing. But I'll tell you what, man, like the way you first see him, and then and then later on the character looks even creepier. Um, very eerie, and I love that. That really like that alone is what's going to make me want to look at this, you know, for the second issue and everything. Uh, so again, a quick reminder, FOC 1120, if you liked bunny mask, while the stories aren't, don't, don't appear to be similar at all. The main characters have a similar air to them. Uh, if you, so if you appreciated that as much as I did, I think this is going to be something worth checking out. So again, the FOC is on November 20th, something to uh, let your local comic shop know that you want to pick that one up. So now you can go fucking read it, Joe, because you do have it already. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I want to clear that because, you know, you Bogart and Snake. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. You get wow. I, you know, yeah. the only there is one time you can absolutely say that I that I snaked you. And that was uh, where monsters lie. A hundred percent. That one in the coin flip, the infamous coin flip. Oh, well, I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it landed, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. Could have been heads. Could have been tails. <laughs> I don't know. You don't even remember. You probably don't even remember what you called in that moment. I could have fucking spun it on you. You wouldn't. I call know. heads. I never call tails. Uh, tails is yeah. for the week. Heads tails never fails. So yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not going to couch out of the fucking big tails. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's new this week? So we got a couple of trades dropping this week uh, from Marvel. Uh, we have Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. <laughs> Well, not even the 10 minute mark today. We are mark officially that. off the rails already. Oh, that's yeah, good. baby. Hey, but you know what? Uh, the internet's fucking working. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad you paid your bills. Like <laughs> a deadbeat. Uh, we have Daredevil and Electra, uh, volume three. This is obviously, you know, from Zadarsky's run. Uh, we have X Men Grand Design Trilogy. I got no idea what this is about, but uh, you know, you know, peep that when I, if I see it at the comic book store. Um, from uh, DC, we have Superman, the War World Saga. This was, uh, I think, a story that had been in Action Comics. Uh, but if you hadn't been reading Action Comics, they made it a big priority in Future State. So if you read it like me in Future State and didn't know what was going on in Action Comics, you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, but now you can read it all in one thing, and I'm sure it will be uh, excellent reading it in its proper order. Uh, from Image, we have Love Everlasting Volume 2. Uh, we have Kill Giants, the 15th anniversary edition, and the Stoneheart uh, trade paperback. Uh, from Vault, we have Dead Box, the complete series. This is written by Mark Russell, and this is a this is a book that um, we had when we when we still got review copies from Vault. I think we got a couple of issues of this, and it looked interesting. So uh, this might be something to check out for sure. Huh. You know, we enjoy Mark Russell's writing, and yeah. right, we're gonna we're gonna be speaking uh, about Mark uh, in a few moments here with his mm -hmm. book from uh, AWA this week. Um, <laughs> so apparently, there's one from IDW. There's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book. I just you know wrote down TMNT, and then uh, must have seen a piece of candy and forgot to write down the rest of it. Um, and got distracted <laughs> and then uh from dark horse uh we have the clear trade paperback we thought it was coming out last week it's coming out this week uh the world of black hammer omnibus and the hellboy brpd omnibus uh volume eight so that my friends takes us to what is dropping this week when floppies right the single issue stuff the stuff that we love and Bringing it back full circle from your joke before the show. Look at that. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not the one that had the issue. <laughs> wow, unbelievable! Throw me right under the fucking bus. Then to say it was a joke. Didn't yeah, need to be well, an asshole. You know, 
I know you. I know you. I, I know you're newly married and all, and you know, things were fun and exciting. But you know, it, when you burn the candle at both ends, Nicholas, things stop working. You Life know, comes you got, at you fucking fast. Apparently, you not got, for me though. Look at that. <laughs> you got to pace yourself, Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, from Marvel, we have the Fantastic Four issue thirteen, uh, the Immortal Thor issue four, uh, Daredevil issue three. Again, like new writer, new team. I'm I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, Uncanny Avengers issue four, uh, uh, Jean Grey issue four, Superior Spider-Man issue one, Blade issue five, uh, Star Wars Doctor Afra issue thirty-eight, Children. I can't believe that's a thirty-eight issues. Um, uh, X-Men Children of the Vault issue four, uh, Red Goblin issue ten, Alpha Fight issue four, Astonishing Iceman issue four, Spine Tingling Spider-Man issue two, Black Panther issue six. Star Wars Dark Droids issue four, the Mandal- uh, right? Uh, um, the Mandalorian season two issue six, Star Wars Visions uh, issue one. This is written and drawn by Peach Momoko. Uh, Deadpool Seven Slaughters issue one, uh, Silver Surfer Rebirth Legacy issue three, uh, Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos issue two, Alien issue one. Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary covers by Chris Sprouse. This is a, a great coffee table book. This might be, you might be hearing a little bit more about this uh, next week as we may or may not be doing a special holiday gift guide Maybe. for everyone. Uh, but we got a couple of books uh, to discuss this week. Nick, why don't you start us off with Dark X-Men issue four? Yeah, freaking out. That absolutely starts off with that shit. I love, I love this title so much. Like I can't wait to talk about it. I did call dibs on this a little while back. Again, written by Steve Fox. Uh, lines by uh, Jonas Scharf and then colors by Frank Martin. And I got to tell you too, like the, the it's so important to highlight both of the, both of the artists on this one, just because of how dark this story has gotten and how crazy the violence is. Violence is. We talk about Ghost Rider and how how vicious that is. We may or may not talk about Ghost Rider in a couple seconds because that is out this week as well. Um, and the, the violence from that series is on this level, and it's kind of shocking again to see it from Marvel, given where their priorities like seem to lie and everything like in, in trying to, you know, be a little bit more of all, all ages as opposed to getting, you know, dark and gritty across multiple titles. But we see it with all of Benjamin Percy's work. We've seen some grittiness elsewhere and we're really seeing it big time with, uh, with dark X-Men. Um, in this issue in particular, there are some friggin' limbs flying. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed the action, uh, gave us a great Azazel moment, although maybe great, isn't the right word there because it's uh pretty shitty what he does. Uh, but again, I, I part of what I love about this character. Um, and then also, again, I keep talking about how awesome Steve Fox is at writing Gambit. Uh, and I've said, I believe not, not verbatim, but in, in similar words, I have said how Gambit is the most responsible person in the room throughout the pages of dark X-Men. And that is said, I believe it's the actual first page that he's like the most uh, honorable and most responsible individual on this team that he's on right now so i i love that it's it's putting him in a different situation but just in general if you like gambit this is a great title check out but just in general these are characters that maybe the average x-men reader like the average x-men fan i should say not reader the average fan isn't as familiar with but i'll tell you what you got gambit as an in azazel and havoc as some people that might be you, you know a little bit familiar especially from the movies absolutely something worth checking out if you're behind on it when the trade comes out like get on it but I, i've really enjoyed what what uh, steve fox and company has done here 
Love that. I love that. Yeah, this is one. Like, I, I know I went on this thing, you know, the other day about uh, too many fucking X-Men books, but this one I, I actually can't wait to to hear you talk about and, and, and get to read. And I'll t- I'll mention it like when I do it at full length and I'll do it. I'll when the first arc ends, I will start digging into this. I won't make everybody wait. But it's something that as long as you're aware of Krakoa, that again, and probably just make sure you read the, the most recent Hellfire Gala, uh, then you're fine and you can read this. You'll be good. So it's um, it, it, that's and I think that's just so important for uh, giving people entry points uh, into the X-Men world. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and then I mentioned Ghost Rider issue 20 out this week from friend of the show, Benjamin Percy. Uh, we both are reading this, obviously. Uh, how did you feel about uh, where things have gone? Oh man, it's it's fantastic. I gotta tell you something too, right? Like, uh, so so we talk about you know ben, Ben's ride, Benjamin Percy's writing on this, and this issue, the art by by Carlos uh, Nito is absolutely fantastic. And I got mm. I got to admit something here, Nicholas, because uh, because Talia is not typically my my type of gal, but man, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you, uh, they they get a little naughty with her uh, from from time to time in these issues, and I gotta say, uh, you know, revving that motorcycle just a bit, but. Uh, absolutely excellent absolutely excellent issue uh, i love where it's going like i said last time like you know we've been clamoring you know or the interwebs everyone had been clamoring for fucking mephisto for god knows how long it's mephisto it's mephisto it's mephisto it's not fucking mephisto but you know what benjamin percy said i'm gonna give you mephisto uh and the whole cult of mephisto like storyline that we're getting in this particular arc. i mean i absolutely love it uh 20 issues in it just keeps like going 100 miles an hour um and I, it's just this is a been i've never been a ghostwriter fan benjamin percy made me a ghostwriter fan and i fucking love it yeah and this i don't know if you i, I meant to throw this your way i don't know if you saw it but it looks like we're getting the start of a new ghostwriter title like ghost it's ghostwriter one and it's yeah. benjamin percy who's writing it i don't know did you happen to see that no, I missed that, but I'll, I'll, okay. go, I'll go check that out. I don't know who it's going to be, like who that new Ghostwriter is. I think that's kind of part of the whole thing. But we see like the we see the spirit of vengeance, the skull and everything. And then we see Johnny Blaze standing there. So it seems like he's going to be involved somehow. I can't help but wonder, and I did see some, th- some of the comments and everything. Like, is it going to be Talia Warroad? that turns Ooh, into ghost rider and that would I'm, be awesome yeah i'm totally down for that that's the only like yeah. i i don't love that we're moving away from johnny blaze when when uh benjamin percy has done so well with it but at the same time he's going to be writing it so i do trust him you know and how he's handling it and where things are going because he's done an outstanding job no yeah much. yeah he's got he's given you no reason to to not want to be uh intrigued and interested by or to doubt it whatsoever yeah, so uh, awesome stuff there. Again, two titles that have gotten quite, quite dark. Um, been some really, really great stuff uh, over at Marvel. As for DC this week, we have Green Lantern issue five, World's Finest Teen Titans issue five, Superman Lost issue eight, Danger Street issue 11, the penultimate issue of that, Wesley Dodds, The Sandman issue two, The Vigil issue six, the first issue of Outsiders, uh, Wildcats issue 12, Speed Force issue one, and Looney Tunes 275. And by the way, if you wanna, if you haven't already uh, gotten a look at The Outsiders or Speed Force because those are both first issues, the previews uh, for those titles are available over on Geeks Worldwide if you want to go check those out, whether you're in between or just want to get an early look at uh, what came, what's you know coming from those two titles. Um, then, Joe, we move over to our buddies at AWA Studios. And we yeah. got the – go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love this book, Nicholas. We have Rumpus Room issue three. And 
what I love is whenever we talk, whenever we like tweet something about AWA, uh, they always respond, which is awesome. But they always respond. Usually they respond or they always respond, I should say, with you know, various images from their books. And I love whenever they use images from Ruffus Room because this book is like it's it's <laughs> it's weird how fucked up it is without like like without like like you could read it like a regular comic book right and it, it like usually when i say like a book is fucked up like it's usually either gory or it's just like this is like <laughs> it's almost like borderline childish with just like the colors and like just a playful i should say childish but like it's playful right yeah it's, no but it, i get what you mean there's like a, it's, it's, it's playfulness is like front and center but then it's wildly fucked up at the same time. And there's this this whole this whole like scene where the main character is buying a piece of art and it's an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> and he just like and they're just like carrying it and they're hanging it up on the wall. And it's just like so nonchalant. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then all the stuff that we actually we this is the first time we really get like the politics of the inside of the rumpus room and we get people making you know political plays and you know it was like this is like just like mark russell is just like firing on all cylinders here like the satire is great uh the art by uh ramon rosanis is excellent you know this is just like Again, it's the most playfully fucked up book yeah. I think I've ever read. It's the best. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting between uh, Ramon Rosana and I. Believe, I'm not sure if Ramon Rosana is the um, artist and the colorist, or if the colorist I, I, is Ive uh, uh, Sforcina. Sforcina. Yeah, yeah, I think we're we're close enough there. Um, but yeah, it like the, the it really does give like an interesting. Um, I don't think pair juxtaposition, um, but like to have like this fucked up individual who manipulates so much stuff and is doing like beyond he's he's a manipulative person and then he's doing even more terrible things behind the scenes that nobody really knows about um and, and to the point where he's dealing with an individual who we almost see get thrown into the mix of that yeah. in this issue and it was like yeah. i don't know about you but like I had a little anxiety while I was reading Rumpus Room issue three because it's well, just like, especially when they when when they're when they're drinking the margaritas, you're like, yeah, oh, oh, oh really? But, are we gonna really? Is this gonna happen? Yeah, okay. Are we gonna we got let's see that? But yeah. uh, again, like the 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 the, sat, the satirical nature of this book, and you know, it's like it's so great because what I love about it is that like sometimes these things get heavy handed and hit you right in the face and it's just done so perfectly and so beautifully and subtly uh, that you're laughing one moment and you go, what the fuck the next? Like yeah. it's, it's perfect. The balance between the actual rumpus room and then Bob's life is, is yeah. in, in, yeah. in general, but especially in this issue. And, and also like to add on what you're saying, it does feel like at any moment, Bob, who is our, our villain here can just snap. As yeah. much as he's like got like a you know not he's not shaking at all he's totally seems calm it just yeah. at any moment he could just lose it um and then the other thing too with Officer Hernandez at the end of the first issue we think okay like with this development of her and everything like things are gonna go in one direction in the Rumpus Room and it's like you talked about how like the politics and everything in the Rumpus Room is big in this issue it's just crazy. The direction that it's it's taken to this point, and now, and then of course, like things are promised to be even crazier in issue four. But I, I just love that I expected one thing, 
and so much else, so many other layers mm. have been added over these last two issues. Yeah, it, it's brilliant. That's the only it's, it, This is a really fucking fun, fucked up book. Yeah, it's been. It's I hope been, that makes the cover of their trade, by the way. Uh, yeah. 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 Fun yet fucked up book. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There, yeah. There's your. I mean, that quote. seems that seems usable. They've never denied us when we've said uh, you know, vulgarity before. Um, what do we got from Boom for this week, Joseph? All right, from Boom, we have Animal Pound Ashcan. Uh, I don't know if that's a one-off or a one-shot or whatever. There was no number. It was just an Animal Pound Ashcan. Uh, we have Dune, House of Harkonnen, issue 11, Coda, issue 3, and then we have a number one. So you, you mm. all know the rules. Boom, number one. You read it. Uh, Lotus Land, issue one. Nicholas, lead us off with that. Yeah, written by Darcy Van uh, Polgeist, uh, illustrated by Caio Felipe, and then uh, colored by Patricio Del Pecci with letters by Nate Picos of Blambot, uh, which I'm assuming is a, a larger lettering company. Um, yeah, so this was marketed. Because remember, remember this getting announced a little while back that it was Old Dog meets Blade Runner, and I very much get that vibe here. Mm-hmm. Um, and art, the art, I think, it, Blade Runner more the story, Old Dog more the art style, um, yeah. especially the design of the main character. Um, I think the the premise is, is kind of is promising too, and again, that's still like again a combo of Blade Runner and Old Dog, where you get this guy who seems to be you know who wants to be left alone. He's past his prime, and now he's kind of getting called back in for something that he doesn't want to deal with, but he kind of has to. And the way that plays into the ending was I thought was was great because it's like it's kind of a heavy thing, but at the same time, it's done. Like the, the the like the reasoning behind this character's motivation is heavy but so subtle at the end of the issue where I was like, oh wow, okay, you're just gonna leave it there like that. And then and, and that's the end of the issue. So I, I really I, I'm starting to realize that I appreciate the combination of heavy and subtle to uh you know endings of issues more and more. Yeah, this this was a solid number one. I definitely wanna see what number two, you know, has has to offer. Um because like it wasn't a book where i was like oh fuck yes like mm-hmm. i'm calling dibs right now right but i was thoroughly engaged all the way through and then like the the way it ended like again right it was it was subtle and that subtlety like was very intriguing right and so it it does make you want to read that next issue and mm-hmm. You know, so I'm de- I definitely want to see where this story goes. Like it's it kind of plays on some familiar tropes, um, you know. So and again, like this whole like I talked about this last week, this whole dystopian future thing. Like we can kind of like there's only so many stories you can tell with that sort of narrative. But mm-hmm. this one was definitely unique. Um, I enjoyed it. I definitely want to see where the second issue goes. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely in for the, the second issue of this one. All right, let's um, move on to some of these other ones before we get to the final uh, t- uh, publisher that we want to talk about because we've got a few there. Uh, so from Dark Horse, we've got The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos, issue five, which Joe is reading by James Tynan the fourth. Operation Sunshine, issue two. IDW, we got Earth Divers 12, The Rocketeer in the Den of Thieves, issue four. The Ministry of Compliance, issue one. 
Uh, another reissuing of uh, TMNT Last Ronin, um, which, you know, the trade is available. Just buy the fucking trade. Stop trying to bleak. I, I'm so annoyed by this because it's, it's such a fucking money grab. Like, it was, it was a really good fucking book. I loved mm -hmm. it. We loved it. Everyone loves it, right? You you want to make more money, then make a special hardcover edition. Like, why? Mm. Yeah, I don't. I can't say that I'm a huge fan like, of it. Just, um, just read the trade, people. It's excellent, okay? Dungeon Dragons Fortune Finder Issue 1, Godzilla Rivals versus Mecha Godzilla Issue 1. Uh, from Skybound, we got The Walking Dead Deluxe Issue 77. From Vault, Door by Door, Night by Night Issue 7 from Friend of the Show, Cullen Bunn, which Joe is reading. Godfell Issue 5. From Dynamite, Red Sonia Issue 5. Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. The Great Hunt. There's a lot of colons in that one. Uh, issue one from hey, Top Cow. Hey, colon. <laughs> from, from How you doing, Top, colon? Top Cow. We got Siphon issue one. Which might be the second volume of Siphon. And then Antarctica issue five, which I know you're reading. Didn't get a chance to look at this because we, this is uh, we're not getting the review copies for this issue, which is the final issue, Joe, do you think? Uh, I mean, if they're holding on to it, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be something big going on there. Yeah. So it uh, makes it all the more exciting. Mad Cave, we got Crusader, issue three. From Ahoy, uh, Project Cryptid, issue three, which you are. And you've been talking about this. You've been, yeah, okay, yes. I read right. the first issue, and then I somehow missed the second issue. So i got to get caught up. But this was this the first issue was a very fun and excellent book. Okay. And then Malar World, of course, publishes through Image. Big Game, issue five, the finale of this this crazy event which uh we we need to talk about in some way shape or form at some point on here uh and maybe we'll do that in the annual um and then image uh we got a ton of titles uh why don't you take us through uh, what we got uh okay so we have spawn issue 347 we have fish flies issue three excellent excellent issue um we have the call issue four again excellent excellent issue both books I am going to be talking about probably not until the new year, but they will, they are TLDR books. They will, they will be discussed at some point. Uh, we have something epic issue seven Geiger ground zero issue one time before time issue 29, which I did discuss on this program a ways back. Mm -hmm. uh, the forged issue six hexagon bridge issue three terror war issue seven uh, scraper issue five. Dutch issue zero. Just make it fucking issue one for fuck's sake. Uh, Junior Baker, the righteous faker issue three. And then one book I want to discuss uh, a little bit and two that we sort of, you know, Nick talked about last week that I just mm. want to, um, one of which I just want to give my opinion on real quick. So Deviant issue one, Nick's got dibs on that. He discussed that awesome. last week is sort of a look ahead. It officially drops this week. So make sure. Um, you know, if, if, uh, you're unsure, listen to last week's episode here with Nick or, you know, go on to our, um, our, our, our Twitter page and or watch Instagram. the video clip or yeah. Instagram, uh, and see what Nick had to say about that. But you're definitely going to want to grab that. Nick ass. Uh, Philadelphia issue 31, Rodney. I fucking love you. Jason, <laughs> Sean, Alexander. I fucking love you. This issue was excellent. Absolutely. Amazing. Excellent. I, I mean, seesaw. I mean, we've had so many characters uh you know in this story so far but seesaw by far i think has just been the strongest mm -hmm. uh character of them all he's been excellently written uh and his his arc in this has just been tremendous spawn 
<laughs> it was excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And the, everything about this issue was excellent. I mean, there, there, there's some panels like you mentioned that, that, you know, that were drawn in here that just are fucking mind blowing. Insane dude. By the Absolute way, mind blowing. You know, I, I, I love seesaw. Definitely one of the best characters of this title, but don't, don't sleep on a Nazi man. He's been pretty awesome. Oh yeah. He's great. You know, and I, I, I did want to mention that because, you know, uh, you know Rodney's portrayal of God. I think when when you see God drop a no cap, uh, <laughs> you know, you know he's for real. You know he ain't fucking around. Uh, yep. But yeah, a- absolutely excellent. Yeah, so good. I'm, I'm I'm glad. I'm not surprised that you uh, you like this. But then we got the second issue of a title that you loved, Haunted yeah. Girl, issue two. Yeah, as I, as I talked to him, so this was written by Ethan Sachs and his daughter, mm. uh, Naomi Sachs, with art by Marco um, Lorenzano. And, you know, as I, as I talked about when I discussed the first issue of this, right, there's this, this, this big letter that he wrote at the end talking about how, you know, this is this is sort of, you know, this is a very relatable thing for him. It's a very personal thing for him, right? Because the main character, the main characters in this book are a father uh, and a daughter, a daughter who is, who is dealing with, you know, uh, you know, mental, you know, health issues and a father who is trying to do his absolute best to, 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 to um, you know, make sure that his, his daughter, um, you know, is happy and, and healthy and, and loved and, and uh, you know, adjusting, you know, to everything. And so it was really powerful, that letter. And and these first two issues have been really powerful stuff. And I love how he said, like, because his in real life, his daughter is going, you know, you know, through, you know, mental health, you know, uh, you know, challenges herself. She's able to provide a perspective on him that he, you know, he just doesn't have because it, 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 you know, he, he personally isn't dealing with these things. And so it really translates, you know, into the story makes the powerful, it makes the characters all that much more powerful. And there, there, there was, um, this is not a spoiler, but this is a moment that, that really struck me where, you know, the daughter is, she's trying to readjust going back to school and she's having a really difficult time as you, as you'd imagine. And the father, he's just trying to do everything to, to talk to her, to, you know, just to get her to get up out of bed and, and just to, you know, take it, you know, one day at a time. And, and he says something to her to the effect of, well, maybe you're not trying hard enough. And the moment he said that the, the artist, you know, Marco, the way he draw, like, it's one of those moments where as soon as the words came out of his mouth, he, he immediately regretted it. And you see that so beautifully drawn on, on the character's face as he says, fuck. And he says something to himself, just like the fact of like, I'm not, I'm not good enough, you know, because I failed my daughter in, in that statement. Right. And I think as, as parents or, you know, just as you, we, we've all been there, we've all can relate to something like that. So, uh, and, but on top of that, it's just a, an absolutely outstanding story, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that this issue starts and the way it kind of wraps right around the beginning with its ending, um, was absolutely fantastic. So this is a book I, I can't wait to discuss. I can't recommend enough. Um, if you can't find the first issue in your local comic book shop, grab it digitally. I'm not going to advocate that, but do it so you can read it and go pick up the physical copy of the second issue. Uh, this is this is definitely one not to not to miss. Well, I think actually with Omnibus now, which I've, I've actually started to uh, tinker with myself because of just various reasons. I think that you can. You know, we want to support local comic book shops, but we also want to support creators. And if you can't find it at your local comic book shop, Omnibus seems to uh, 
be providing like what what you like that filling that gap for what we need um as readers who especially when you're trying to catch up on things but that's a conversation i think for another day uh let's get into uh the actual titles that we have planned to talk about yeah and i believe you're doing an image book today yeah and look at this we, we're getting we're getting to my book in under 40 minutes nicholas this is a fucking first it's crazy look at yeah this. we are we are we're fucking firing baby Unreal. um so yeah right if we if we if we're ending if we're ending what's new on image that means i'm discussing an image book out of, out of the, uh, the gate here right so um this is a book that i bought i bought the first volume trade years ago oh wow and it's it sitting in you know so um i've got comics all over the fucking house right and on my bookshelf is where i keep a majority of my trades and the first volume is tucked in there and i just i bought it and didn't read it and forgot about it and then i met, i saw it not too long ago i mentioned it to you had you read it and you said no so the fade out from image comics written by ed brubaker with art by sean phillips colors beautiful colors by elizabeth uh brightsizer uh i couldn't find the letter um but uh yeah so you've i asked you today i said how many brubaker books have you talked about on the show i think you've four or five four right? yep four of them one of which was a captain america book but the other three have been you know the, the combination of, mm -hmm. of brubaker um and phillips so this is my first um you know for foray into discussing you know a brubaker phillips uh joint on this program so let me just read the synopsis and then uh i'm, I'm going to get into some some uh some pretty um i think significant takes here nicholas you but wait before you do that you read reckless though right i did the, yes okay. i did that for a trade okay, which again is, is going to to lead yes, into yes, some of my so anyways uh synopsis hollywood 1948 a noir film stuck in endless reshoots a writer plagued with nightmares from the war and a dangerous secret and an up-and-coming starlet's suspicious death and a maniacal studio mogul and his security chief who will do anything to keep the cameras rolling before the post-war boom days come crashing down. In, uh, this in and also, it's so, like, with everything that's going on in, like, Hollywood with, like, reshoots and just, like, all the different issues you want, especially when you look at, like, Marvel and everything that's in the news, it's just, this is great timing on your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 12 issues. It's collected in, you know, trade paperbacks. Um, it's collected in a hardcover. Uh, which I might grab actually. I might I might try and hunt down have that for my collection. Um, but um before I dive into in anything, I've I've been thinking about this, you know. So like we've talked about a lot of books on this program over the mm -hmm. years, whether it be mainline or during what's new or or what have you, right? And there there there's certain books, certain you know, things that have, have stuck with us, right? Like there's teams right like we mm -hmm. have a like writer artist teams that you know that have really stuck with us right you've got snyder and capullo right yep. you've got brian k vaughn fiona staples right sure. when it comes to saga sean phillips and hayden sherman right you've got you know john Lee's, lewis right sean you lewis sean you said sean phillips oh sorry sean lewis Right and I, I and Hayden I, got fuck, I got Hayden <laughs> Sherman's name right, but fuck them. I'm sorry, Sean. Sean Lewis, right, and Hayden Sherman, right. You've got John Lee's and Alex Cormack. You've got Richard Duke and and and, and uh, Alex Cormack, right. When you have the right writer and the right artist team together, they just can produce wild stuff. Right, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, right. Like mm. for for this particular genre, for this crime noir genre. 
right and and almost i maybe in general i don't know if there's a better team really than brew baker and phillips just in general right not just the genre yep. but i think the two of those the two of them together because they nail it they every aspect from the writing to the art to the story it's all you when you when you read you know one of their you know one of their collaborations right you you have to read it all at once because it really does read like it's like oh. you're reading a novel or a short story or you're watching a cinematic you know masterpiece like those two together really i mean dollars and notes i'll put them up against anybody i don't think they can be beat Nicholas. yeah i mean to put it into perspective on, on a, like two different ways um so the first brubaker phillips book that i did on here was reckless and i had always i i remember when i first saw it and i was like oh that looks interesting and i just hadn't given it a look i hadn't like it, this like i just for some reason didn't get on it right away and but i saw the first cover of the first trade and i was like oh that that looks interesting and then i ended up finding it like again randomly when i was visiting my uh now in-laws and i was with them like the whole weekend but i'll tell you what when i had a moment to myself i was fucking reading that book i read that shit so fucking fast it was so damn good and then on your end you were originally planning to talk about a different title this week when we like can like yeah. previous issue you're like oh i'm gonna do this book while you do the one that you have planned and then I don't know where you, you pulled the, you know, you pulled the 180, but I totally get it because I agree with you hundred percent. Like there's just based on what they do now, where it's like, we just put out trades now. That's it. Collected editions, OGNs, however you want to put it. They just put that out now that, that, that alone. And they do very well from a sales standpoint, apparently like if just that alone says that's how fucking good these guys are. Yeah. And, and it's the only way to really read them too. Cause I like, this was 12 issues, right? Um, if I had to wait month to month, it would be a different experience than reading it all at once, right? Uh, yeah. Because it is, it is, it is a short. They're short stories. Yeah, right? and they it, are. Honestly, like I know we are all about the uh, supporting the monthly stuff, but I love the binge reading. I really do. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it, it is fun. So like if I know the business is in so many, like there's so much going on and like changing that, but that's like a thing that I feel like manga has over you know america western american comics or whatever you want to call it like it's yeah. but it's conversation again for another fucking day yeah but but like i said like i read like so i i, soon, I, read, I read like three pages and i said okay <laughs> I, i'm i'm in yeah. i'm i'm, I'm yep. switching books right? I'm switching. and and neither of us have read criminal yet right no, which I is the I book own that one and you have dibs on it so read it okay there you go so i can read it okay right? fair enough fair enough yep <laughs> because this is the book that i think really really launched you know these two but you know we got a few others i think too yeah yeah so absolutely excellent so this is again 1940s hollywood like what's great about this series is that like there's enough pulled from there's enough non-fiction stuff in here that just enhances the overall non i mean the the, the, the fictional story that that they've created so you're looking at for 1940s hollywood communism like you know fear of commies outing commies right that was a real thing that happened in this you know country's history and that is very prevalent in this story you know one of the one of the characters in this book is actually blacklisted right and so that was the thing right you get that from seinfeld remember you got you know you know you got, you, elaine got her boyfriend you know communist boyfriend blacklisted from the chinese restaurant uh <laughs> you know which is a, a great great episode um but you know that's that's what I love about these guys. They, whatever they're writing, whatever crime story they are writing, whether it's 1940s Hollywood or you get, you know, it's the, it's the reckless series. That's a little bit more uh, modern. It's 
Mm-hmm. It's excellent. They nail they nail every okay. little detail. It's, if you've ever seen L.A. Confidential, I know I referenced that movie a lot when talking about these types of stories. They nail it, right? They nail the time period. They nail the, the pulp noir feel that I absolutely love. You know, uh, for for anybody that's ever read the Maltese Falcon, written by Dashiell Hammett, who does have a minor role in this story, um, Sam Spade is one of the great noir detectives right dashiell hammett's like really one of the godfathers or the forefathers of you know these these types of books um and they absolutely you know nail it so this is it's 12 issues right it's not action-packed right but it's it's very character driven you're very you're, you're you're very engaged in the unfolding of events uh very engaged with the unfolding of the layers of the characters I mean, it starts off very ominously with with the death of a Hollywood starlet, and uh, the, one of the writers of the movies that she's in is passed out in a bathtub. So he's at the scene of the crime, but you know, the first several issues, he's his memory's fuzzy. He can't remember. He only has, um, you know, faded memories of what happened. So he's, did I do it? Who did? You know, so you you get that sort of complexity to it, which. You know, I absolutely love. Um, again, you get like, uh, you know, Clark Gable makes a brief appearance in this, right? He's an old timey Hollywood actor. So, like, I just love that, you know, that subtle, like, we're going to bring in some elements of the real world into this, this fictional crime story. And throughout the issues, you know, you're getting a little bit more, you're getting a little bit more. And it's not really until the last, the issue 11 and 12, and really not until issue 12 that everything comes together. And you figure out who it is, what's going on, which I love because that's that's the hallmark of a great story. Is like you're not sitting there going, you, you know, um, you're like, oh, okay, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's wrap it up. You just you're just reading it, and it's it's seamless, and you 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 know you're so engaged that by the time you 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 get it, you think maybe you're halfway through. It's the end. You go, oh shit. That was that was that was fantastic, right? And so like, mm-hmm. even though there's not a lot of action the the pacing is is on point um so like that's essentially like what the story revolves around is the death of this hollywood starlet but who is she right you're not really knowing a whole lot about her other than she's a an up-and-coming um movie star and she died under suspicious circumstances and um it's being covered up as mm. uh, as a suicide um but you know the other main character knows that's not the case um and he's trying to put the pieces together and how it all just sort of like, you know, comes, you know, shit just comes crashing down and, and all the bit players in this. So, you know, some of the characters, you know, so uh, Valeria Summers, she's the, the, the character that dies at the beginning. She's the beautiful Hollywood starlet, um, but she's she's killed. She's she's in because you can see strangle marks around her neck. Um, but it's covered up as a suicide. Right. And so who's covering up? Why are they covering it up? right um it's it's all unknown really until the very end uh you have charlie parish who's a screenwriter he's very close with valeria there's hints that there might have been a romantic tie between the two of them throughout the story um he's the one that's in the bathtub um and uh, he can't quite put together what happened and so he's trying to figure out the the who the how you know the you know the the what the why you know all, all that stuff and he has got a very dark secret of his own, 
that he's trying to for, prevent from getting out there. And so you get you get all of that sort of you know unfolding as the story goes on. He's very much a good guy, uh, but his past it plays into the story and and everything, which is uh, excellent. You have like his, he's a bad guy. I don't no, know. he's not though. He's not. Trust me. Trust me. You read it. He's not a bad guy. The the dark secret is not violent. It's not. Uh, you'll see. You just got to read it, right? <laughs> but he's got a secret. Uh, you got his quote unquote friend Gil Mason. Um, who uh, is outed as a communist. He's blacklisted um, and he's constantly, you know, sticking up, you know, sticking up in places where he shouldn't be. Um, and Charlie's got to cover for him or bail his ass out. And so the dynamic between these two and the overall greater arc of the story is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and he's a, he's, a, he's a bit of a degenerate, right? He's uh, You want to talk about not a good guy? He's not a good guy. Mm. Um, you've got Phil Brodsky, who is the studio muscle and fixer. Uh, he is not a man to mess with. He's a prominent character in this. And then you have Maya Silver, uh, who is Valeria's replacement, because they, they've got to keep filming this movie, mm. and they need another blonde bombshell. Um, and so, you know, what's her role in this? Who is she? Right, she's mysterious. She also becomes very close with Charlie. So, like, you get all these bit characters, all these things going on, and 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 you're trying to figure it out. I'm generally pretty good at you know putting the pieces together on this, and I couldn't do it. Right, wow. um, Detective Doc. Well, sounds I've, like a know, meme. Sounds like a meme that you got to make. I'll, I'll make that Photoshop for sure. So, like, you know, as I said before, like, Bruce Baker really is like he's a ma- he's he's a master class writer when it comes to the the crime noir um genre but you know you've talked about his um his captain america stuff his other stuff that he's done he's just a really he's a fantastic writer but when it comes to this stuff i don't think there's anyone anyone better Mm -hmm. Uh, and then sean phillips art right like those two really are you know peanut butter and jelly like Mm -hmm. they just work so well together they capture everything right the the art like it takes you back. It's like you're watching an old Humphrey Bogart movie, uh-huh. right? So just everything about this book is stellar. Um, it's 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 classic Brubaker Phillips. Like if, if you're into that stuff, uh, even if you're not, this is a really excellent comic story to read, plain and simple. Yeah, and I think that's what's kind of blown me away so much with the two of them is like I kind of like the the genre that they they go into, like the pulp. Like I kind I like that, but I don't love it. But I fucking love their stuff. It is yeah. it's so damn good. And the thing that. Uh, as you're going through this, I'm just reminded. Like this is the first time you've talked about them, um, not not counting trade stuff. And it's just an interest. It's interesting to think about as you're talking about. It. Again, it's just another freaking kick-ass book. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read it in one sitting. I'm sure. But I'm um, again like. We talk about how obviously, like we talk about indie books on here a shit ton, and obviously, like the uh, Hollywood is mostly inundated with Marvel and DC stuff. I know we're seeing Invincible now, and we're getting we get other stuff from Dark Horse occasionally over on Netflix, but not you know not enough image stuff, not enough uh, you know Dark Horse, you know some boom stuff. This right here, like the this book you're talking about, and then obviously not counting Winter Soldier, the other three. Um, Brubaker books that I've talked about on here. The fact that none of those have been turned into something on Hollywood, I'm sure they've been optioned and then it just didn't get made and whatever, because it's all weird how that works, is like that is so ridiculous. And then mm. all these like 
rehashing of IPs or ideas that come out. And it's just like, who the fuck wants to see this? Like, who is this for? Or we never hear about it. Like, especially with these guys, like some, like some of these things, maybe you'd need a little bit of like CJ, like maybe killer be killed. Like there's like a demon involved, but still not that like these things wouldn't be these crazy high budget stuff. I don't understand why these aren't getting made into shows or more than like more likely movies on these things. It's insane to me. Yeah. And I believe this book won an uh, Eisner. Shocker. Shocker. Like, but it's just, you you have like, this is a 12 issue series. Like this could, this could probably be, this sounds like a, like a movie all freaking day. Oh, it's a movie. hundred percent. Yeah. Reckless could be a movie franchise. It could be a show, like whatever the hell you want it to be. There's an infinite potential there. Killer Be Killed would probably be like a couple season show, something like that. I don't know if you could do that as a movie. Um, and I'm blanking. Oh, Night Fever. Night Fever is um that would be a movie. But it's just like the, all of those. Like I don't get why those aren't being turned into something larger. And again, as I'm hearing it here with you, it's just like this is great. Who the hell wouldn't enjoy this thing as a, as a movie or a show? Right. Thank yeah. You. So I mean, this is. I mean, it's 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 just it's for the crime junkie. Uh, the mysteries junkie. This is it's it's perfect. It's fantastic. I cannot wait to uh to check it out again. They they are they are the best. Yeah, I agree with you. Like they are the best tandem in the business. Period. I don't think anybody is going to argue that with you. Even the people that you you listed off here because they're just so freaking good. Yeah, um, they just yeah yeah. I can't yeah. All right, so we're uh, going to move back to mentioning DC. I'm, I'm talking DC this week. I'm talking Black Label. This is the title that I touched on when we had Rich Keefe on the show back in October and did our rankings uh, or tiering for um, for the DC Black Label. Peacemaker tries hard. Uh, this is a six-issue series by Kyle Starks, uh, Steve Pugue, Jordi Belair, and Becca Carey. Quite a few names that are uh, that we're all familiar with uh, that we've seen quite a bit in the business. The trade is coming out uh, according to League of Comic Geeks. It's coming out in February, so we're well ahead of the FOC. And of course, with trades, you don't usually need to worry as much about the FOC, but still, uh, definitely something you're, you're going to want to get your hands on. If you didn't read this at while it wasn't ongoing, um, the synopsis for this: Christopher Smith isn't isn't very good at being a superhero, but Peacemaker tries hard. An extremely ages seventeen plus book from Kyle Starks and Stephen Pugh puts Peacemaker on a quest to save his beloved dog from a supervillain who has some nefarious plans for Christopher Christopher Smith's skill set. That's Peacemaker's you know identity. Um, and it goes I can go into it a little bit more here, but obviously peacemaker is at the center of all this we do get some other dc you know characters who are more familiar with who we've seen with peacemaker before we get some golden age characters thrown into the mix as well who i don't want to bring up because it is spoilery for the 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 series um i don't you know when you find out you know there'll probably be obscure enough characters where you wouldn't know who it was anyways but i don't want to get into those specifics right now but the 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 villains in this are uh, Monsieur Mala and uh, and Brain. It's a villainous pair who we've seen together throughout DC historically. Brain is a brain, and uh, Monsieur Mala is uh, is a gorilla. Um, but at the center of all this is Peacemaker. He is the straw that stirs the drink, as as one would expect. Um, and where Peacemaker, the show is, you know, we got a lot of different characters, a lot of different moving pieces. John Cena is still what's driving the bus and his ridiculousness and everything. And if you enjoyed that show, you are going to like Peacemaker Tries Hard. And honestly, I know I'm biased towards the the, the the actual medium of comic books, but I like this 
quite a bit more than the show. And I did like the show a lot. I can't remember what I rated it on, on uh, change my mind when we talked about it, but um, it was probably like a high B or a low a, but I give this an absolute a plus like, no, no question about it. Cause Kyle Starks is like, he was meant to write peacemaker quite honestly. He he's just a funny writer in general. We've talked about him previously. I talked about where monsters lie, which is must read for any horror fan. Um, great horror comedy. Uh, what is the, um, I hate this place, which is which is Skybound. Um, you, we talked about that a while back. Oh, you can, if you're if you're looking in your local comic shop, though, that might be listed under "fuck this place" because I did see that the other day. Uh, it's other name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, every time I uh, walked into Newbury Comics, I would buy that cover. Yeah, it's it's awesome stuff. Um, but like, what's so good here is like Peacemaker is such a loser, but it's really like it's he's not like a. He's not like this bad guy in a lot of ways, like in, in his heart, but he's like this, he is a man child, like no two ways about it, but it's, it's like amplified from what we would hear about him. At least what I would think of a man child. Now it's, it's even worse. He just has no clue what the hell's going on. He has no social skills whatsoever. Um, and it's just like, he's like this lovable loser but also, like, it's embarrassing how much of a bonehead that he is and that he also doesn't realize how how dumb he – how, like, just unaware he is of, of, of his social inabilities. So you connect uh, with this character. I, well, I was actually thinking that as you were talking about Brubaker, I was like, Detective Doc and then, you know, Peacemaker Friar. Like, it's perfect. Like, he wears a helmet, too. I should get a Peacemaker helmet, honestly. Um <laughs> Nicholas, that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I need a red hood helmet before I get a peace hate maker helmet, though. I really do. Um, anyways, um, so but in this in this uh story, this is one of those instances where it's like it's a co- you know, superhero comedy, like a lot at stake, but the superhero or the, the, uh, the main character, however you want to put it here, he like he's like not focused on necessarily the full bigger picture, he's got this other more minute thing that's kind of driving the bus and it helps him accomplish a much uh, larger thing. So like it, it's the plot is it, it's like the, the larger, like higher stakes plot is there and it moves things along. But this is about just peacemaker, how much of a bonehead he is and just getting his friggin' dog back. Um, it, which is named Bruce Wayne, by the way. So it's even, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's perfect. I mean, like I, so Kyle Starks is, is is like really grown to appreciate him a lot over this this past year, and in general, like we we've we see how um, like we get how the business works generally. Like you do a Marvel or a DC book, and that really elevates you, and then you can go and do you know indie stuff. It doesn't mean you, it can't be done in the reverse order, but that's like kind of been the way it's been for a long time, um, and. For Starks, I really hope he gets a chance to stay on Peacemaker for a while longer because like, and make it a different title. It doesn't need to be Peacemaker Tries Hard 2. Make it something different, whatever. It, it can't be the second volume. I don't care. I'm going to read it, and I really think that while like maybe I like maybe where monsters lie is my favorite thing that he's done, I think this title can be the most career-changing one for him because he, no one else should be writing Peacemaker right now. It, it was so freaking good like i it's just from stark stuff alone and then you got the art and i i would prefer that steve pugh like stays his partner in this and then you know ideally jordy belair as well uh obviously one of the, the best colorists in the business um they give that perfect combination of a throwback 
in modern feel. Um, like I guess modern refinement would probably be a, a better way to put it. And like older comics, like like it's just a it's a different time. Like it, it was revolutionary for then, and then you get the '90s, and then you know things changed big time, and things have continued to change. But this like has that throwback ish kind of feel but it feels like it's it doesn't feel like it was put out in like you know the early 80s or the 70s or anything like that it's much cleaner um much you know like advanced much more advanced um and you'll see as as you check this one out and it plays really well into the comedy aspect of it but it also plays into like the golden age characters that we get mixed in here who are like kind of obscure so it's like and we get some like flashbacks to those characters prime and everything so i really love how uh, it fits the tone of the story and, and, and enhances the humor of uh, of uh, Stark's writing. Um, I think I explained that how I want to, but it's like it's 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 an it was an interesting experience, like the the, the difference uh, in art style. Um, also, speaking of all the art, a lot of really cool covers for this. So if you're still just like I'm gonna go pick up the trade when it comes out, if you have you may want to see if you can find some of the uh, single issues if you like collecting cool covers like Joe and I do from time to time because it's got like this. Some of them have like a throwback movie poster style where it's like um like you have like the actual poster and then it's got like that black outlining around it and then you have like the credits for like who the writer is and you know uh, the, the creative team and stuff and the title so really cool i i had um i had an absolute freaking blast every week reading this title uh next next one should be peacemaker gets hard oh wow peacemaker dies hard i mean you can go you can go any number of directions with this, you know. Wow, wow! Yeah. I think gets hard is oh man. They, I mean, if if you can't do that in Black Label, where the hell can you do it, right? Right, and it it's makes sense genius. for the character because yeah, it would just. <laughs> Kyle Starks, you're welcome. Just make sure you quote us yeah. on the trade afterwards, please. <laughs> I throw us a couple two tree copies, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that too. Whatever, either way. But that that's a, that's a freaking brilliant idea, Joe. Look at you. Look at us. <laughs> More than just a pretty face. I'm a pretty good ideas man. Yeah, and a, and a detective too. In your spare time, look at this: a doctor, detective, and an ideas man. Who the fuck do you? Right. Where's this been for the last fucking eighty-eight episodes? Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get. So it, next week we're doing the gift guide, right? That's the plan. I, 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 unless yeah. you insult me again, then I'm you know. <laughs> I, I, I might have used all my ideas. Oh, so. no. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry, everybody. But, yes, we're doing – well, Unlike the last – I think the last couple of years we've done the gift guide like really close to Christmas as like a like a last-minute holiday helper. This time – this would clarify as a better last-minute holiday helper, I guess. Um, yes. You know, and get, you know, get in on it for um, – what do you call it? For Black Friday, for Cyber Monday, all that kind of stuff. So gives you, give, give, gives you time to go out there and get the loved ones, you know – uh some 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 good books yeah you know? and 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 you know again like if you're a i feel like for our a lot of our listeners like you guys might know what to go and get gifts for people who are who are comic book readers or trying to get into comics all that stuff we this is if there's ever an episode to tell like your uh friends about or anything like that this upcoming one is that one because i was listening to another podcast where it was like um like somebody who worked at a comic shop was talking about this time of year and how like parents come in and what do I buy kids and stuff like that. It's like, they don't know. And I'm not saying we're going to go and tell people to buy like some of the, like some of the crazy smut or crazy ass. Like me and I say, go buy sync necessarily for like, you know, a kid, but we're going to be 
talking about. No, but about. for the for the but for the, the the Sunday school kids and the and the and the church going folk preacher. I yeah. would recommend. There you go. But this this is like you got a you got a first communion coming up. Yeah, yeah. Get him preacher. So this is that kind of episode where we're going to be trying to help out with uh, with all that kind of stuff too. So um, yeah. just want to make sure like this is definitely the time to let people know about uh, scream from the heavens about TLDR. Um, yeah, but anyway, we know Padre appreciates that. Um, anyways, make sure you go follow us on Instagram just for Joe's Sunday post every week. It's the best. All right, <laughs> uh, that is going to do it. Uh, until next week, Joe. Stay sexy. Yeah, you know I will, baby. Like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done. <laughs>